the Pardes Institute of Jewish Studies. This is Pardes from Jerusalem. I'm Larry Kluger, a Pardes alum. This week, Korach. This week, Yiska Smith discusses Korach. Yiska Smith is an adjunct member of the Pardes faculty. And now, Yiska Smith. This podcast episode is sponsored by Pardes Seminar Alumna Winter 2015, Dr. Julie Cole. In memory of her beloved in-laws, Lenny and Laurel Cole, Zuchanam Levracha, may their memories be for a blessing. A teaching on the spiritual malady that Korach's argumentative personality introduced into the nation of Israel, its source, and the spiritual practice we need to cultivate to bring healing. I will begin this Parsha podcast with a teaching from the Netivot Shalom, Rabbi Shalom Noach Berezovsky, the Slonoma Rebbe, who passed in the year 2000 in Yerushalayim. He teaches, It is taught in the Holy Zohar that Korach's argumentative behavior threatened peace and unity. The deeper cause and root of Korach's divisive approach with others is excessive egocentricity, yeshut in Hebrew, from yesh, from there is, that sense of here I am, egocentricity. This trait can grab such a strong hold on an individual that it defines a person's character when engaging with others. While the symptom is the unfortunate breakdown of peace and unity, the source is an obsession with one's ego. This obsession consumes all the space in one's mindset and heart, so much so that everyone else bothers and disturbs this type of person, whereby everyone else mentally and emotionally stands in the person's way. Even though the other may not even harm the person in any noticeable way. Due to this trait of yeshut, of egocentricity, the person harbors the feeling that the other disturbs him, mafrialo, bothers him, and occupies his own personal space, tofes et makomo. This feeling births the argumentative posturing. Peace and unity derive from the very opposite, from the trait of humility, midat anava, and a non-exaggerated, even diminished sense of self. This practice, bitul yeshut, does not minimize the worth of the person, but rather minimizes the amount of space and attention a person needs to feel his, her self-worth. It's really about gently moving out of our own way and making space for something greater than our limited ego, our inner being, our spiritual center. This can only occur when the individual yields oneself, machnia etatzmo, to that which is infinitely greater, to one's creator, the blessed divine presence within each one of us.
Then the person naturally and with ease diffuses the danger of an exaggerated ego. Consequently, the presence of another individual neither bothers nor disturbs him, nor becomes an obstacle along his path. In fact, and most importantly, the person can now connect with many more people and live with others in peace and in unity. Egocentricity is the source and root of all the other behavioral traits. As we learn in Pirkei Avot, Chapter 4, Perak Dalid, Mishnah Chaf Aleph or Chaf Chet, 21 or 28, depending on your version, jealousy, lust, and seeking honor remove a person from the world. Hakina v'ta'avot v'hakavod hamutzi'in et ha'adam min ha'olam. These traits deplete a person's energies, a person's strengths and vitality. Their source lies within the self-absorbed and self-centered individual, manifesting predominantly the trait of arrogance. That's the inyan ga'ava in Hebrew. Korach was flawed. There was a pagam in his personality. He was deficient and damaged by this trait of ga'ava, this trait of arrogance, whose source was his own yeshut, his self-absorbed personality. This is why he brought fragmentation, separateness, and divisiveness to the nation of Israel. Korach challenged whatever sense of peace, ever shalom and unity, achdut existed among the people. Actually, the thrust of his arguments focused on his efforts to sabotage the spiritual practice of bitul yeshut, the minimizing and the diminishing one's sense of self rather than magnifying it. Indeed, it is bitul yeshut that creates and nurtures peace and unity. And this was so contrary to Karach's demeanor, notwithstanding that he was indeed a wise man. Rashi brings down a Midrash, Tanchuma, on Numbers 16.7 in the opening of Parshat Korach. There the Pasuk reads as follows. It refers to when Moshe is pleading to Korach's rebellious spirit with a sense of urgency, urgency, and he says, you take too much upon you, sons of Levi. Rav lechem b'nei Levi. Rashi comments, this is an incredible, incredible acknowledgement of how wise and how righteous actually Korach was. Rashi writes as follows, Korach was a wise man. How could he have acted so foolishly? Because his eye caused him to err. A no hitato from ta'ut. He saw prophetically, he actually experienced nuvuah, and he saw prophetically that among his offspring would be Shmuel Hanavi, who was as great in his time as Moshe and Aharon combined. We recite the reference to this every Kabbalat Shabbat in Psalms 99.6. Seeing that, Korach was sure that he would triumph over Moshe and Aharon. 
He failed to foresee, however, that his sons would do the teshuvah that was necessary, and they would survive, and they would grow, while he would disappear into oblivion. Basically, because of his yeshut, he only saw himself. And this is what was so tragic about such a wise person. The Nativot Shalom continues that the reason Korach challenged Moshe's authority with such vehemence and passion was due to Moshe's unique ability to cultivate the trait of humility like no other, the Anava, the Midat Anava. The Torah declares in Numbers 12.3, B'midbar Yud Bet Gimel, quote, Now Moshe was a very humble man, Anav Ma'od, more than anyone else on the face of the earth. Anav ma'od n'kola adam asher al adama. Moshe's exemplary and distinguished trait of humility, his ability to diminish his sense of ego, completely contradicted Karach's opposite trait of yeshut, of egocentricity. Mamash, it went from one end of the spectrum to the other. The opposite parallel here cannot be over-exaggerated. Karach's self-centeredness, his yeshut, was the source of all the other evil behavioral traits that harm a person's mindset and heart. Likewise, hahefech, Moshe's selflessness and sense of being in service to his divine calling, clearly much greater than himself, his bitulie shoot, expressed by his humility, includes within it all of the good traits that a person may develop. So you see, one opposite the other. It is clear then why Karach was incredibly bothered, challenged, and made to feel ill at ease by Moshe. This illustrates actually the pasuk in Ecclesiastes, in Kohelet. There's a pasuk there in chapter 7, Perak Zion, pasuk Yudalit, chapter 7, verse 14. Ze asa Elohim. God made everything with its opposite corresponding nature. And here you have such a perfect illustration. Moshe Anava, and you have Korach Ga'ava. Moshe Bitul Yeshut, and Korach, unfortunately, Litza'arenu, very unfortunate, totally obsessed by his ego, his Yeshut. In this vein, the Zohar further points out that Korach's argumentative and divisive nature carried over Hevra even to his approach with the Holy One, blessed be he. For any person, the Zohar continues, who brings fragmentation, hafrodot, to peace, to shalom, likewise brings fragmentation to the very name of God. Since Hashem is also referred to by the name of Shalom in Mesechet Shabbat, Amud Yud, Adaf Yud, Amud Bet, page 10, side B, in Mesechet Shabbat, Tractate Shabbat. There it says that the name of Hashem, one of the names, is Shalom. The ego, Yeshut, becomes a divider that separates the Jew, Mechitzah HaMavseket, from encountering God's presence. Only through the bitulye shoot 
a Jew is able to sense closeness to Hashem. This is especially the case with regards to the spiritual damage caused by arrogance, by ga'ava, which results from egocentricity and self-absorption, the yeshut. As the Chazal, as our sages teach in Masechet Sota, in Tractate Sota, Daf He Amud Aleph, page 5, side A, regarding one who is arrogant, the Holy One, blessed be He, proclaims that I and He are unable to dwell together. Shehakadosh Baruch Hu Omer Al HaMitgaeh, I ask you, Chavra, why? Because the Hamitka'eh, the person who is so self-absorbed, makes no space, takes up his whole space or her space. There's no room for the revelation of the Divine Presence. Among all the negative character traits, we do not find any as chamor, as severe, as arrogance, as gava, which resulted in Hashem making such a strict statement that he and the arrogant person cannot and will not dwell together. Korach indeed fell with the spiritual malady of self-centeredness and arrogance. Due to these harmful traits, he separated himself from the nation and from the very presence of God, who is referred to as Shalom. <clears throat> Excuse me, Slicha. The Piyazetzna Rebbe, the Eish Kodesh, addresses this self-centered behavior in his Sefer, Tzav Vizihuz, his personal diary and reflections on his personal spiritual journey. In entry 45, Ot Mem He. He first brings a teaching from the Baal Shem Tov that reconciles an apparent contradiction between two verses, one following the other. As Moshe Rabbeinu is retelling about the giving of the Torah, Matana Torah at Har Sinai, followed by reciting the Ten Commandments in Parshat Ve'et Hanan, in Deuteronomy 5.4, he proclaims, face to face, did Hashem speak with you on the mountain from amid the fire? Panim b'fanim diber Hashem imachem bahara mitocha esh. He then continues in the very next verse, in verse 5, Pasuk Hey. I was standing between Hashem and you at that time. Anuchi omed ben Hashem uvenechem. To relate the word of Hashem to you. The Piyazetzna teaches, quote, It is taught by the Baal Shem Tov on the second verse that Moshe was not actually referring to himself as having stood between Hashem and the people, as this would have contradicted the encounter being panim b'fanim, face to face. Rather, however, this is incredible. The I here refers to the person's sense of selfness, the person's own I-ness. In Hebrew, anochiut, from anochi, from I, which a person feels within himself, herself, worrying about and pursuing only his or her personal needs. This is what stands, and this is what separates between Hashem and you. 
This is what Moshe is warning, is cautioning, that it's only the Anochi that can come between Hashem and you. The Piyasetzna then teaches, in light of the Baal Shem Tov's interpretation of I, of Anochi, to diminish the sense of self-centeredness and the exaggerated sense of Anochiut, Ainus, the only remedy is found through the love of one's fellow. Ahavat chaverim. Never, never though, when a person becomes a separate entity unto oneself. Ish nifrad la'atzmo. This is the hinted meaning in the verse of I stand, anuchi omed. When the I in the person, the ego, stands by itself, then it is between God and you. The you here, in this case, is the soul of the person, the higher consciousness of the person, the beyond ego consciousness of the person. Therefore, the Piyasasana concludes, the technique to reduce l'ham'it and even banish l'goresh, this magnified selfness, this anuchiyut from one's heart, which causes pain, fragmentation, and disconnection, and feeling distant from God, is through hitkashut. It's through connection, connecting with other people, being together in unity by practicing love of one's fellow, so that each one should care for the other like oneself. However, this is, uh, at times, this is very difficult work, but it's so worth it, and it's possible. It's possible for each one of us to indeed, indeed succeed. We have to succeed. We must. It's our yaud, it's our shlichut, it's our mission, it's our calling. In conclusion, therefore, I would like to invite you to consider cultivating two spiritual practices that are able to remedy the inclination to become self-centered, to become self-absorbed and arrogant. These are traits found within each one of us as part of the human condition. They involve practices that direct us both internally as well as externally. And with compassion, with compassion, I bring to you the following two invitations. First, the inner work. The inner work following mindful contemplation and self-reflection is to dedicate and commit yourself to a belief, to an idea, to a project, or to developing core values that are greater than yourself. By that, I mean gently move away from focusing on the me to now focusing your energies on the we. The we in traditional practice is the relationship between the divine creator and yourself, the created being. Channeling our creative energies, our passions, our feelings towards nurturing and strengthening the we is the inner work that weakens the ego's incessant demands to always be in the spotlight. Rather than attempting to destroy, God forbid, our ego, this internal work helps us 
channel. It employs the ego-based urges and desires to further our own sense of the divine within. This practice becomes a wonderful opportunity to honor the privilege, the zechut, of possessing free will, the will to remain faithful to our inner selves, as each one of us carves out our own path. This transforms into the foundation for authentic spiritual living. And number two, the outer work. Again, following mindful contemplation and self-reflection is to direct your energies and focus on all of God's creations, beginning with your fellow human being, moving towards the animal kingdom, continuing towards how we engage with the vegetable, fruit, and green kingdom, and concluding with how we treat our planet, the minerals, the soil, the water, the inanimate kingdom, domem, practicing random acts of kindness with all of the Creator's creations is perhaps the most effective and healthiest way to shine the spotlight on that which is greater than our limited sense of selfness. Again, this becomes a radically amazing opportunity to honor, embrace, and express your authentic true selves with the rest of the world around you. As the Piyasasana was known to have taught, the greatest act, Chavra, the greatest act that you can bestow to the world is to do someone else a favor. Mm. Both practices become the remedy to heal the brokenness of the Korach within us, the fragmentation we all experience within ourselves and with the world at large. These practices result in achieving and encountering more achdut, more unity, more wholeness, shlemut, and a true sense of peace, of shalom, within oneself and with the world we live in, as we increasingly encounter the divine shalom in all areas of our lives. Ken ratzon, may we all merit to do exactly this. Shabbat Shalom, Umavurach, Todak. Thank you, Yiska. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you on the next episode of Pradesh from Jerusalem.